right, welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. My name is Scott McKenzie, and this podcast is uniquely positioned. And what I mean by that, we bring the medical industry, the medical professionals to you, and we talk about better pain management. We talk about rehab after surgery. We talk about improved mobility. And we talk about preventative care. And you know what else? We talk about so much more on this particular podcast. Now, thank you for joining this podcast. So let's get on with the interview. All right. Welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. You know what uh, June is? June is National Migraine and Headache Awareness. And you know what we're going to be talking about? That's right. Migraine and Headache Awareness. How are you guys doing? I've got Dr. Allen and Tim the Butcher. <laughs> on this particular podcast. How are you guys doing? doing Excellent, well. Scott. Oh, yeah. Glad. All right. For the listeners out there, we've got a level set just because we got to do the little 411. Dr. Allen, Dr. Rosenbaum, or I, just because I'm friends with him now, I call him Allen. Give us a little background on who you are. Well, Scott, like you said, Allen Rosenbaum. I'm an otolaryngologist, otherwise known as an ENT or ear, nose, and throat doctor to the rest of say, us. Don't make me spell that, please, if it wasn't here. You know, it's almost comical, but our academy spent a small fortune to try to promote the name otolaryngology, which most people can't even pronounce, much less know what it means. But <laughs> On the show notes, I skipped over it. <laughs> you are not alone, my friend. I'm going to butcher it. Nope. Sorry. Sorry, Tim. I used that term in a, in a different form. Holy cow. It just keeps on going, doesn't it? All right. Continue. <laughs> continue. Well, um, I'm in practice at Greater Knoxville Ear, Nose and Throat in Knoxville, Tennessee. I've uh, been here for about uh, 18 years after spending my first six years of, of private practice in Fort Lauderdale and um, practice pretty much all aspects of ENT which now has come to include a large segment of uh, headache care and management. Um, I'm a clinical assistant professor at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville um, in the Department of Surgery and uh, uh, started really taking an interest in headaches more out of necessity than anything else. Unfortunately, we have a very, very short supply of neurologists in the area, which is pretty common in a lot of parts of the country. So, when facing a patient who has significant headache issues that are not necessarily ear, nose, and throat related, sinus related, you know, the choice was refer them to a neurologist, have them wait for six to nine months, or try to work with them and get some relief. And that's what got me interested and involved in, in headache care. I got to tell you, as a kid, I used to get headaches, didn't like them, didn't know where to go, took aspirin, dealt with it. But, but uh, there's a lot of people that uh, do struggle with headaches and, and they can set you back all right tim give us a little um, one one on you scott my obviously name is tim butcher as you said a minute ago mm-hmm. um i'm one of the senior clinical clinic managers of core physical therapy in the knoxville region uh, i've been tra- practicing 24 years uh and 15 of that was been uh in private practice uh joined cora about uh, three years ago going on four years ago now uh, and primarily in the orthopedic uh, outpatient setting. Um, you know, through, through my career, I've dealt with headaches, neck pain, uh, TMJ, uh, sporadically, uh, and, you know, have been pretty decently successful uh, in, in treating it. Um, you know, obviously, it's one of those things where it may not be the primary, in the past, may not be the primary uh, diagnosis that somebody comes to us for, you know, specifically for headache, 
Um, but we, you know, may pick it up as far as a secondary thing, as far as when, when we're going through the patient's right. care, I think, and are, are able to uh, deal with that accordingly. So, and Al and I have been working pretty close together uh, for the past, uh, you know, four to six months, uh, kind of predominantly with, you know, vertigo and dizziness, but also now, mm. it's like he was talking about in his practice too, as well as the headaches uh, and, you know, stand for physical therapy for that. So, Doctor, I come to you and I have a headache. I don't know. It just hurts. My head hurts. How do you go through? What is your, your, your process of determining what type of headache I have? So, you know, as with just about anything that you'll deal with in medicine, the first thing you do is you interview the patient, find out about the symptoms that they're having, take a, a, a thorough history. The reality is that for headaches, that's going to be the majority of it. There's very little that you'll see on examination for most headache patients. Now, being an ear, nose, and throat, most of the patients that come to me with that complaint of a headache, they think they have a sinus headache or they've been told they have a sinus headache, which unfortunately, most of the time is, is really not true. You know, sinus headaches are a pretty uncommon phenomenon, but mm. it's really part of the, the vernacular. That's what people think that they've got is a sinus headache. So as an ENT, I examine their ears, their nose, their throat, especially the nose, Look for any sign of acute infection where they'll be, you know, feverish, pouring out nasty nasal secretions and looking in the throat, see if there's anything draining down there. Right. Or look for any signs of, uh, of chronic you know, sinus inflammation. And to diagnose a sinus, a chronic sinus problem, you have to have some sort of physical evidence. So I'll either look with a little telescope and, uh, and see what the, what the tissue inside the nose looks like or get a CT scan. And nowadays that's really become, you know, one of the you know, cornerstones of diagnosing sinus problems. So much so that in most of our offices, we have a CT scanner available. And if we can get authorization from the insurance company, we'll get a CT scan at that moment, or wow. we'll contact the insurance company. And when the patient comes back for their second visit, we'll do the CT scan at that visit, go over the, the images immediately and, and go from there. But, you know, just like all the other interviews that you've done with, with physicians, yep. you know, you got to take a good history first. You do a thorough physical examination <clears throat> and that's where you get most of your information. And if you can get some additional, you know, testing, if indicated, then you'll, you'll do that. So I've, I've heard of sinus. I've heard of cluster. I've heard of migraines. I've heard of all of these type of headaches. Can you sort of go down and define these different types of headaches? You go through that. That'd be great. So what you really kind of start with is you have to think about them as a, either a primary uh, headache phenomenon or a secondary headache. So a secondary headache would be a headache that's due to something else, a brain tumor, mm -hmm. a stroke, a sinus infection. So that is one category. And then if it's not that, then you're looking at the primary headaches. So there's really four categories. The first one would be tension type headaches. Mm -hmm. And that really doesn't refer to stress. It describes the way the headache feels. So it's a band-like or pressure-like headache. A lot of times people mistake it that it's due to stress. And that can be a trigger, but it's not really what the tension refers to. It refers to how that feels. So a lot of people will say that's a band-like headache right across the forehead or pressure right at the temples or pressure right at the back of the head. Those are the kind of the, the typical findings 
or complaints for attention type headache. And that's by far the most common. Um, and that's about, you know, 38% of the country wow. suffers from attention type headaches at some point in their life. If you want, if you really look at it, you know, 90% of people at some point in their life suffer from headaches and tension headaches <laughs> are by far the most common. I, I attribute it to bad posture. I'll sit in a chair, uh, just keep on going down, and eventually I feel like I get worn out by pad posture. What's another uh, type of uh, headache, primary? So migraines would be the second most common, Ooh. and uh, those are probably the most debilitating of the, of the frequent headaches. And then there's a, another category that's called the trigeminal autonomic cephalgias, TAC. That's where the cluster headaches would fit, uh-huh. but that's extremely rare. You know, that's maybe, you know, less than 1% of headaches, headache sufferers have cluster headaches. And then other than that, you'd have a big basket of others. So they've got some new diagnoses that are called new daily headaches and they have other things. Um, but those are the three, the three big ones. And in order of frequency, by far, tension type headaches, number one, migraines, number two, and then trigeminal autonomic cephalgias, cluster headaches, a distant, distant third. So, Tim, somebody comes to you, you get reference uh, referred to by uh, uh, Dr. Allen, and, and if somebody comes to you and, hey, I've got attention, what, what's a typical treatment? What's, uh, what's, what's your approach? Well, first and foremost, we do, and we do our PT evaluation uh, as well, you know, take them through the range of motion, strength, assess the mobility, you know, particularly in this with a complaint of headache of the cervical spine and, and the TMJ, you know, the jaw. Yeah. Um, you kind of, you know, burst my bubble a minute ago when you said something about posture, because that, that, in my opinion, for tension type headaches, <laughs> sorry, it, it's probably it's probably the number one easiest thing that you we can you know, that we know causes it that we also can can correct. You know, and some of that's behavior. On um, you know, you guess more more chronic things where it's it's actually a cycle where people get in and you just have to break that cycle. Um, but as far as you know, inter- immediate interventions predominantly you know soft tissue manual therapy um that's not like bone cracking that's more of you know assessing mobility trying to increase the mobility of any restriction uh and you know try to eliminate pain from that way and we do have some modalities that can can work as well you know whether it be ultrasound or electrical simulation and that kind of thing so after you just uh determine it okay it's a tension headache we'll talk about migraines but you've determined the tension headache. you apply your treatment uh, when do you say, hey, you're good, thumbs up, move forward, or is this going to be a constant struggle for, for your patient? Uh, you know, for us, I think, like I said, the biggest thing is behavior because you know, it, it could be one of those things where you know, they may be good for you know, some amount of time and then they get back in their old habits again or mm-hmm. in their, on their computer, their job sometimes would cause that. Uh, so it's something that they have to really make a change and, you know, and stick to it. Otherwise, you're going to be, in, you know, in the same boat. And that's that's more of the, you know, the tension type. Then, you know, if you get more into where it's more pathologies like, you know, cervical discs or even some kind of in, true injury or trauma, whether it be like whiplash or blow to the head or concussion, I mean, hey, that's even another one that can be fit in there. You know, those are things that can be pretty, pretty persistent as well. Alan, you, you, you diagnose, let's say you diagnose it. And, and this individual has a migraine, what, what is your treatment strategy for that uh, individual? So migraines are kind of complicated. Um, well, do you want to skip over it? No. <laughs> no. Because I'm interested in it. Out of the way. Um, you know, 
we're just starting to figure out migraines. When I was earlier in my career, you know, we were taught migraines were, were vascular headaches. And that's why you had throbbing. But you know, that's probably the, the, you know, the end of the domino effect. Now we know that they're neurovascular headaches. They're, they're due to a, you know, a series of, of events that happen that cause the, uh, an overexcitability of the nerves. And some of the nerves go to the face. So you have the facial pressure. Sometimes you'll have runny nose. But it also goes to the lining of the brain, the meninges. That's why you have the, the, the headache. And uh, first, you've got to try to educate the people because you know, as a neurologist, you might look at it a little bit differently. But when you're coming to the ear, nose, and throat doctor, you're not expecting to be told that you have a migraine headache. So you've got to try to educate the people. And that's usually, you know, I'm sure for Tim, Tim, the same thing. One of the biggest things you can do, teach them what's going on, teach them what you can do differently when they relapse and get back into their old habits, try to, try to you know, redirect them and get them on the right track again. But, you know, one of the biggest things for migraines is to try to identify what the triggers are. Mm-hmm. Sure, we can throw medications at it. Some of the medicines will work. Some of them are, won't. You're going to have to use some, do some trial and error to try to get it sorted out. But the key is try to educate people about what the triggers are and help them identify them and then obviously, you know, modify those. So, you know, a lot of times you'll have a hormonal trigger. When girls reach puberty, for example, when they reach menarche, you know, they'll have uh, migraines right around the time of their menstruation. Uh, when w- women reach uh, uh, adulthood, when they become pregnant, usually gets better. When the estrogen levels drop, oh. their headaches get worse. So when they're pregnant and their estrogen levels go up, they might get protected from their migraines. Um, when they reach uh, menopause, it can be a worsening event, but you want to identify triggers. Stress, like you brought up before, a huge trigger. One of the biggest, you know, triggers that's hard to change because our society is pretty stressed out. It is. Um, Foods, notorious. So there you go. Yeah, I remember uh, over the years talking about food being a trigger. Don't do this, eat this, that, that. You know, there's like do's and don'ts. Give us an example of like food that would be considered triggers. So... Um, the classics would be uh, some additives. So nitrites that are in hot dogs, pepperoni, packaged lunch meat. Those can be triggers for a lot of people. Strong cheeses are notorious. Unfortunately, red wine yes. is, is, is a culprit. And caffeine's a curious one because not enough caffeine, you can get a headache. Too much caffeine, you can get, a, you can get the migraine. So you have to kind of titrate huh. the, uh, the caffeine level. A little bit's okay, too much, not so good. Um, you know, some of the other uh, foods that you worry about are, are things that have been aged. So the aged cheeses, in addition to the strong cheeses, um, those are kind of the, the most notorious ones along with MSG. That one, um, not right. as common nowadays. People in our society have kind of shied away from it, but that's still a, a migraine trigger for a lot of people. Um, one other thing that's, really common that people don't really realize or recognize barometric pressure changes. Oh, that's true. Yes. What do you mean by that? So, you know, a lot of people think of migraines as, you know, one-sided throbbing headaches. And that might be true for the people with a, the classic migraine with aura, but that's only about 40% of, of migraineurs, but weather fronts coming through where the pressure changes are dramatic, especially when the storms are coming through and the, and the, barometric pressure is dropping, that's a big trigger for, for, uh, for migraines kicking in. 
Sometimes you'll notice it when you're driving over mountains, but really when weather fronts come through and a big storm's coming through, that can trigger migraines. At least 60% of migraineurs notice that. Is it, is it a situation where, let's say I've been diagnosed migraine, clearly I can eat the hot dogs and the cheese and the wine. That's not a problem for me, apparently. However, if it was, uh, is it just something that I just have to manage? Is it just going to be with me for the rest of my life, doctor? Well, unfortunately, we really don't have a cure for migraines Mm. um, or for most headaches in general. It's a matter of learning how to manage them, how to minimize them, avoiding the triggers. And as Tim pointed out, making some lifestyle changes to to minimize them also. Um, You know, in terms of treatments, there's, you know, medications that are used to help stop the headache in the acute phase. So medicine you take might be something as simple as, as ibuprofen if you don't have any stomach issues. A lot of the over-the-counter medicines, you know, Excedrin migraine is basically aspirin with, um, with caffeine. caffeine. <laughs> and that works Yeah, I mean, it does. Now, I'm, I'm going to – I take my titrating morning coffee very seriously. So <laughs> I'm, I'm very committed to that titration. Uh, anyway, uh, so back to you, Tim. Let's yeah. say let's say there's uh, we got the triggers. Is there any type of treatment that can be applied from your perspective for for specifically for migraine? Yeah, yeah. I think I think with migraines, obviously, from a therapy standpoint, obviously we're not thought of as you know, as a as a as a treatment. I think what we can do is help from the the trigger standpoint. Now, you know that gets getting into people maybe. You know, the person's complaining of, of, of you know, chronic migraines, uh, you know, headache, and we determine that it's a migraine that's causing the pain. And then, you know, through our PT evaluation there again, too, we may come up with, okay, you got the migraine, but it also has, you know, a, a stiff uh, upper cervical or, you know, they're again assessing the posture, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, if they're in that, that chronic state of pain or, or, or heightened sense of pain, just like Alan said, too, with the migraines, you know, you get an increase neural effect too with the nerve sensitivity to pain just from that pain cycle. Um, so that can, that can also make it easier for you to have pain. And therefore, if that's your trigger, then that makes you have, you know, have, have a migraine. So I think addressing those things as well, uh, specifically, you know, upper cervical uh, or even, even some, you know, back when I was in school, the big hot topic was, you know, trigger points in the upper trap or the neck and that kind of thing, which is kind of, there's still some to it, I think, but um, that was a big thing as far as having referred pain, that kind of thing. And so you're treating those and decreasing that local pain that would help decrease the migraine as well. So I think for us, if that's probably the, the biggest thing with that particular yeah. kind of head is dealing with that. Alan, uh, what, what's the typical breakdown, male, female, headaches, migraines? Do you have any uh, data on that? It depends on the, on the type of headache. Um, for, for migraines, for example, three times more common in women than in men. Wow. But if you get to those less common ones, those cluster headaches, at least five times more common in, in men than in women. No way. Hmm. Um, for headaches in general, you know, there's usually about a two to one ratio for women to men, at least seeking medical care. Um, but it all, it really depends on the type of headache. 
Well, Scott, I do want to say one thing. You know, a lot of us that have headaches, like you were when you were younger, you said you had a lot of headaches. Oh, yeah. Most most of us don't go to see a doctor for them. We just kind of manage them. And most of the people that have the, the tension headaches, those we just manage ourselves for the most part. You know, the, the headache that you have here and there would probably be a tension type headache. What, what we really have to try to teach our, our ourselves and our, our patients that you have to be careful how often you use the over-the-counter remedies. The OTC remedies like the oh, ibuprofens, the right, right. and stuff like that. If you use them more than twice a day, I'm sorry, twice a week, you can get into a cycle called medication overuse headache. And then that's really hard to break. A lot of times then you've got to go with stronger medications. You really have to get people off those over-the-counter medications, which is tough because they really start to suffer more as you're mm-hmm. kind of purging their system of those medications before you can start the, the headache-specific medicine. So in migraines, there are certain headache-specific medications. For, uh, for tension-type headaches, there's different medicines we can use, but it's really imperative to, to get them off their daily headaches or their over-the-counter headaches if before you can get them better. Now that would be, I yeah. think that's, that would be where we would come in so as a secondary uh, treatment because, you know, to help them get off that. Because if, if we find that, the, if they find the therapy does give them the relief, you know, the next, they find, we find that they take less of their medicine and, you know, would eliminate that part as well. So I think that's a good thing. So Tim, how do you, how do, how would you apply uh, dry needling in a uh, situation such as headaches? What, what, what approach do you apply? Carefully. <laughs> Thank you very much. He's here until <laughs> Friday. He is, he's no. the butcher. He's funny. <laughs> exactly. So no, basically it, it, once we specifically for the dry needling, you can actually, you know, the, the most common tension headache is basically an area on the back of the, back of the head with a, it's called the cervical triangle. Uh, and it's actually, there's a, there's a nerve that lives in between these three muscles. If any one of those get tied or off center or whatever they can, it's called, you know, the greater simple nerve and has that band kind of thing where it actually starts the back of the head and ends up typically behind, you know, one of the eyes. So the focus of the dry needling, you know, is actually, you know, you would go right to that area. Um, you know, we obviously are do it safely. There's, you know, the, the size of the needles, are smaller, usually an inch, inch, inch and a quarter. Um, and every, you know, one of the big things we try to do is always to have a bony back, back point or a bony back plate. So, you're, you know, you're kind of going into the skull or, you know, even hit, hit, actually, I've actually tapped, tapped the bone before, you know, so you do that. And the thought process, basically, what the simple that I, the way I understand with dry needling is basically you're, you're introducing a foreign object into, you know, a muscle or tissue and basically tapping into the neurological system where it's overstimulating it. And the, the thought is, is it kind of helps reset that um, uh. back, to, back to normal. And also with a muscle, you know, there's three ways you can get a muscle to relax. You can over overstimulate it. You can, you know, work it out too much or, or stretch it, you know, so those three things. And then in all of those cases, basically what you're doing is you're overstimulating the muscle in some form or fashion to get it to relax. So, that's that's the first and foremost and then also we treat again the upper cervical muscles because they they all tie in together there as well um you can do there's one big uh, muscle temporalis on the side of the head that you can go in that's a half inch needle so you're actually putting those in there too as well um so it's it's a pretty pretty specific area that you're treating for that um you know, even, even, even there's points on the face too, because those nerves, we actually just kind of tap into where the nerves are anatomically. 
you know, to try to you know, get the whole thing to, back to, to reset. So it's not, it's not very painful. It's more pressure than it is pain, I would say. Well, the description sort of makes you get the, you know, Willie's well, I'll going. Be, I'll, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I've, like I said, I've been doing this 24 years, and, you know, I've been drunk kneeling about six maybe. You know, and I was a skeptic. I was like, well, you're going to do what? Ah. We're going to stick a needle where? Are you just blindly and all this? You know, but after going, we went through the training after being needled myself, you know, and also just applying in the, in the clinic. It's, it's voodoo. It's like you get somebody that comes in with, <laughs> with pain and one or two visits, it's completely gone. You're sitting there scratching your head. Well, hey, yeah, that's great. <laughs> we'll see you later. But wow. How hey how often how often do you apply dry needling to your your therapy whenever you have uh, a diagnosis of of headaches how how often do you do that usually I mean it's kind of it's all about the, the dosage um, I would say you know your your typical things probably two to three times a week um, I have treated people daily just because of people that were more chronic um, if then they got a really good, really good result um, but yeah I think you get more more than three you know, three times a week, you're kind of like, well, is this really kind of working? But what ends up happening is, is you start focusing in on other areas as well. You know, as you, as you eliminate one, something else may pop up and you can, you can treat that as well. But I say a bit of good for somebody to expect to come to therapy probably around three times a week at that point. And it may last, I mean, you may do it for a week and it'd be gone, you know? So wow. one we last, people, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. We get people that come back on a, even on a maintenance program. A lot of times too for wow. them. You know, yeah, kind of like you would do with your massage therapist, you know, that kind of thing. One last uh, question, doctor. Um, do, are you seeing any trends like an increase in, in headaches, a diagnosis of headaches? Just I, I'm just in this, this pandemic COVID world. Have you seen increases? Um, yes. You know, obviously this has been a pretty stressful time for, for most of us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that aggravates just about any condition, but I think that a lot of us have spent a lot of more time, a lot more time in front of our screens, yeah. which has worsened our posture dramatically. Um, a lot of people have this head forward position, almost like a turtle. And that really aggravates <laughs> a lot of issues. And uh, that's where Tim really can come into play, but wow. when you, that really aggravates a lot of the cervicogenic causes of headaches. Mm -hmm. um, certainly I've seen a lot more TMJ yeah. because of that because of the bad posture. Um, and I think that's become much, much more of a problem um, during the pandemic. It, it just, I mean, it seems reasonable that that is the case. I had uh, a great opportunity to interview somebody about ergonomics, Cora. <laughs> she, she was calling me out on my lack of ergonomics. in my, So I had to change my chair around and stuff like that. And I don't want her to talk about bad about me. That's the bottom line. Well, yeah, you know, what I was saying before about the about the pain cycle, I mean, basically that forward head, rounded shoulder yeah, posture, yeah. you know, you get yeah. muscle shortening, which causes weakness, which just causes your lack of, you know, tolerance for the activity within you get, then you cause it, then it causes pain. And then you're just kind of, then you don't want to do activity and it just keeps going and going and going. So I think, you know, obviously, you know, anybody comes in with posture, you know, you're, I would advise you set a timer on your phone, you know, every 15, 30 minutes, change your posture, stand up, it's a, do, a few, do a few stretches and boom, you're good. You know? It's amazing how that helps. It does. You feel yeah. better. And, and it, it sort of brings me to the point of like exercise, some sort of exercise would probably help um, 
mitigate some of the headaches or at least keep you stretched, keep you moving, whatever it might be. Uh, I'm a big fan of the movement uh, move and uh, it, it does help out. Uh, Dr. Allen, we have to wrap it up. How does somebody get a hold of you? Well, the easiest way to reach me is uh, our main office number for Greater Knoxville Ear, Nose, and Throat, and that's area code 865-521-8050, and a human being should answer and get you taken care of. I like that. And Tim, the butcher, how do you uh, get a hold of you? Yeah, our local local office in North Knoxville, the, the, our, our phone number is the 877-865-377-3176. Um, that would get a, a person as well. Uh, we actually would be able to do a free screening on anybody that calls. Uh, so, you know, if anybody wants to come in, we can do that and make make some recommendations to see if you would be a good candidate for PT. Uh, another way you can do it is on our website, forephysicaltherapy.com. There's a, a find an appointment or schedule an appointment. Uh, they would offer the same kind of thing as well. You just have to pick your pick your clinic. All right. Once again, to get a hold of Dr. Alan Rosenbaum, that's 865-521-8050. And if you need to get a hold of Tim, a couple of ways. Uh, we've got 865-377-3176 or go out to corephysicaltherapy.com. And I like the cost of free. I like that. Free is good. Free is good. That's right. All right. You both were absolutely great, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for being on In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy.